Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Chris Field. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Parker Clayer. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And Alex Sennard. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Big Bo. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with those as well as Parker and Alex, and we watched Ricochet, a movie starring Denzel Washington, and uh, our good friend John Lithgow, who kind of reminded me of Bill Parcells in this movie. <laughs> That's, a good That's what you're going with? Yeah. I, I see it now. <laughs> yeah. I see it now. Okay. Yeah. And for a while, I was kind of thinking like Larry Bird in the, like, it's that thing from Space Jam where he's just like, no, no, Larry's not white. Larry's clear. <laughs> he has a very clear complexion. In the, anyway, Parker. Can't believe we... you remembered a joke from Space Jam. <laughs> Honest to God. Is I watched right? Space Jam last year and I didn't remember that. I watched Space Jam a lot when I was a kid. I thought it was really cool. Parker, do we have any news? You know, it's funny you mention that, because we almost didn't. Uh-oh. And this morning, I'm just, like, looking over stuff, like, I don't really have anything. It's all the same shit, like, more delays, more DC shit on HBO Max, like, whatever. And I just write, like, yeah, nothing really. And I stand up, I walk to the bathroom, open my phone, and much like a dog who's taking his shit outside and looking over its shoulder because it's vulnerable, <laughs> I, in my most intimate of settings, open Discord and see... Oh, a Lion King live-action sequel, but also a prequel. Isn't that cool? And just, you know, we haven't gotten any Disney movies out yet this year. Maybe let's not just fucking do this. Okay, okay. Parker, hear me out. What if they call it The Lion King 2, How the Roar Was Restored? (laughs) Okay, well, the article didn't mention that. Uh, The Hollywood Reporter is very, uh, yeah... Uh, Parker tried to suppress our titles for so long. Yeah. So Parker, do you think that Corey Schlesinger will get like a lead role? <laughs> and Kyle Vandenbosch as Brick. <laughs> Kyle Vandenbosch. <laughs> That's a name I haven't thought of in a couple of years. The red-eyed lion. <laughs> No, he's intimidating because he wears contact lenses while they go four and twelve. <laughs> Look out for Kyle Vandenbosch, <laughs> the deadliest of all Kyles. His his eyes are the same color as his PFF grade. <laughs> oh, hold on, there, Skip. <laughs> I forgot all about his fucking contact. Do you remember when uh, he was going fucking like? He had like a minus thirty one point four on the season, and it was like week four. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, well, you know, the scale, no, 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 no. How do you get a minus 31? <laughs> Sir, are you dropping him into coverage every play? How the fuck is this possible? <laughs> All right. Who's our jerks of the week? Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Right, you can go first. Okay. I'll okay. let you go first. My jerk of the week is Santini. Uh, Santi- you know how all those Italian places are owned by just one mononymical guy? You know, it's like Madonna, it's Caginis or Santinis in this case near me. He's a good voice. He's a San- good voice. No. 
<laughs> Santini's near me makes a really good steak and cheese. And I was like, man, I could go for a steak and cheese today. So I get a steak and cheese. And while I'm on like the DoorDash menu, I'm like, oh, what else should I get? Oh, their pizza looks like ass. Oh, da, 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 da. And I'm like, oh, hot wings. Hey, I love wings. It's the most disgusting fucking wings I've ever had in my life. I was going heavy on the ranch. And I am not a ranch guy. I'm a bl- This is a blue cheese household. The worst wings. Ac- ah, second worst. Oh, okay. That's a good point. That, that's a good point. That to the D and D dice. <laughs> these were the these were the queen's wings. <laughs> Answer twenty trivia questions or eat a king's wings meal. <laughs> what? That's weird. Josh just texted me and said if they were fresh. Dot dot dot. <laughs> oh god, those were really. I love this bad. completely impenetrable first five minutes of the show so far. <laughs> Absolute garbage. Anyway, the wings I had were bad. Alex, who's your jerk of the week? <laughs> Besides whoever the king is. So I saw an incredible tweet a couple hours ago. As you know, there was a political event tonight, which we are not going to talk about because there is nothing to say. However, director Jeremy Slater tweeted, This was the worst thing I've ever seen, and I wrote Fantastic Four. So my jerk of the week is Jeremy Slater for reminding me that Fantastic Four exists. <laughs> oh, wait a second. Which one? 2015. Oh, okay. The good one. <laughs> uh, my jerk of the week is everyone who watched the debate on purpose and then complained about it. Go fuck yourself. Uh, you knew exactly <laughs> what you were getting. Yeah, so it's cool how social media is like impossible to navigate. Well, it wasn't really great to navigate before this, I have to admit. Just like, yeah, what, what did you think was going to happen? When I, I put mean, on the dog shit I put on, I don't get mad at myself. Like, oh, I can't believe this movie had a nerve. Yeah. No shit. Backup jerk of the week here is Stephanie, who texted me, I haven't learned anything this entire debate. As opposed to? <laughs> I had I had to start, exactly what were you planning to learn from this? Hopefully one of these guys sways me, because I'm on the fence about this. <laughs> I just want to know what Donald Trump's health care plan was. Anyway. Um, that is not my so Stephanie she's impression. Not. I don't think I have one. But, so. <laughs> I was gonna say I didn't know you were friends with Mr. Garrison. I, I think that that voice is kind of a ripoff. The one that I do, mine is kind of a ripoff of uh, uh, Jim Gaffigan. You know, he well, kind of does a steal, steal from the best. That's what yeah, they exactly. Say. You know. Uh, anyway, let's get into what we watched recently. Uh, thank goodness, no Kevin James this week. <laughs> Give it time. Uh, I watched a movie called Possession, and uh, I, I don't know why I watched it. I just it, it was just on my mind. Now this one is kind of all over the place. It's directed by a Polish dude, uh, but it's all in English, and it stars Sam Neill. Uh, Sam Neill actually called this his favorite movie that he was in. So right off the bat, I'm like, oh, that, that sets off some positive alarm bells because uh, he's he's a pretty good actor. He's been in a whole lot of different things. So immediately I got kind of curious as to uh, what the genre is. Going. I, obviously it was a horror. It's on the list. But I think you're pretty much in good hands when you, you're watching like the opening credits and it's like this unpronounceable director from Poland, Sam Neill. Uh, creature effects by Carlo Rambaldi. Right there, you perk up a little bit, like, okay, here we go. So it takes an hour before you see the creature, and the movie is over two hours. Uh, 
Parker, I'm kind of on the fence as to whether I should recommend this to you. And also, Alex, I'm sorry that whenever I talk about a movie from the list that I don't say, well, Alex, you might like it. You're not going to like any of these. All right? We've, we've long since passed the point of, yeah, movies maybe Alex would enjoy. Not these ones, no. Please. Uh, you get to cry please. wolf eventually. It's fine. But uh, <laughs> Do not apologize to me because you decided to watch Garbage. <laughs> anyway, so, Parker, if you want to see Possession, uh, I mean, you probably will anyway. It's on the list. Uh, it's been on my desktop for like a year and a half. It's kind of a tough one because the first part is just a couple fighting the entire time and I'd rather see anything else in a movie. Um, and it's, it's well acted. It's really well acted. I, I think Sam Neill really does give his best performance here. And Isabella Johnny, uh, the woman who plays uh, Crossroom, she does a great job. And once you finally see the creature whose sightings in this movie are way too few and far between, it's really like one of those, what the, fuck is that that sort of reaction that's exactly what i'm looking for when i see creature effects by carlo rambaldi um do you guys know who carlo rambaldi is all i know is he doesn't have hair Uh, (laughs) he did et and uh the alien oh et is not scary at all why did you watch this chris I, it was on the list. So uh, I don't find this movie particularly scary either. Um, I guess it's one of those things where the director was going through a divorce or something like that. And he was just like, oh, I'll write a movie to say how I feel. Uh, worth it entirely for the creature effects. Worth it entirely for Isabella Johnny. Worth it entirely for Sam Neill. And everything else can go fuck itself. Um, but don't worry, I watched other movies sir, yes, too. Sir. Such as Necromantic. I did not get to Necromantic. Good. Um, <laughs> it sounds... Oh. Now, a runner-up jerk of the week here was almost Parker Claire because there is a running gag on the show, several running gags on the show, uh, about how I tend to watch really bad movies, especially when I'm told just how bad they are. Um, and I'm telling Parker just how much I hate this. He's just like, oh, don't worry, I'll get to it this afternoon. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> My gimmick, you can't have it. Um, also, really don't think that you should watch it. Like, I know it's on the list, but not not this one, man. You don't want to do Necromantic. So, let me let me tell you guys what ne- Necromantic is. Um, first of all, Chris, why'd you watch if it was going to be so bad? The movie's like 77 minutes. It's like I'm losing money if I don't watch it. Um, it's a German movie. Um, it's about this guy who works for uh, a road cleanup crew and in secret he steals some of like the dead bodies on the road and he takes them home and he like does bizarre sex acts with them with his wife and then is then he loses his job for stealing dead bodies which is i guess a crime or something in germany uh and his wife uh gets really disappointed in him and has more fun fucking the corpse than she does with him so it's like a dark horror or a dark comedy or something i don't know um so you're like, oh, I guess the main trial is like, oh, it's so fucked up. Uh, necrophilia. Yeah, that's it. That's the gimmick. Um, okay. I've seen worse. In fact, I've seen worse in this movie. It kind of has the cannibal holocaust thing where there is a for real depiction of the mutilation of an animal. And uh, right off the bat, that's something that really sets off a bunch of alarm bells and wants me to, makes me want to flip the safety on my rifle. Uh, 
So I read more about the director here, and it's kind of hard to get mad at him because he's like, oh, I wasn't really trying to make a movie. I was just trolling the uh, the German film censorship board, the, the guys who make all the ratings. I want to make the most fucked up movie that would, like, break their rating systems. And I guess he succeeded. Uh, shout out to him for making a not real movie that somehow got included on the list that I ended up watching. So I guess the joke's on me. All right, so Alex, you'll be watching that one. (laughs) (laughs) So the next one I watched (laughs) is called The Deadly Spawn. Okay, uh, this one's not very good. Um, It's another B-movie. It's just very uh, low budget. Um, Parker, remember... (laughs) Think of the honey. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, by the way, for that Facebook comment. That was perfect. (laughs) I got you, buddy. Yeah. Uh, So, Parker, you remember... Actually, Alex, I bet you've seen Alien as well. Uh, Remember the chestburster scene? Uh, yes, yeah. I remember it, Chris. Yeah, it's it's from a movie. There were like special effects in it. Carlo Rambaldi. Anyway, oh, the guy did ET. I yeah. love ET. <laughs> scared the shit out of me. <laughs> God, maybe you should watch Possession. That creature is kind of a fuck. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I've seen a clip from it. I was like, oh, I should watch this. And every time I look at it, I'm like. That's like two and a half hours. Yeah, that's a good I'm point. All, I'm in my bed. I'm yeah. Like, Somebody get back to me when this guy does a squatch movie. That's a good point. Exactly. Oh, man. I wish you... I wonder if he's alive. Well, we'll look it up later. Anyway, looks like a Maybe. Deadly Spawn took like the chestburster like puppet thing, a little... Just a little like two-inch thing, and they like 3D printed like a whole bunch of them, except it came out in 1983, so 3D printers weren't really a thing. Anyway, what if all those got loose and started biting people in the ankles? That's your movie. It's kind of tough to get into movies like this because you can tell that no one who was making the movie gave a damn at all about it, which is such a shame because so many other B movies or even Z movies, the people who are making it really care, even if they're no good, even if they're like clearly not very good at uh, directing or shooting or acting or even lighting the thing. If they're trying, then it's just like, well, they, they had fun with it. You know, I can't be that mad, but like, Anyone who's making the deadly spawn, you can tell, not giving their A game, and I, I, I didn't like it very much as a result. Um, let's see, only a couple more here because my voice is kind of fading. Um, Parker, I watched Creep, the 2014 one that you said you didn't watch, and indeed you wrote a review about it. So there's uh, a different Creep. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't believe this you. One was, I didn't think this one was on the list because there's a different one, but I, don't I also forgot it. to double check because you know. This is the, the one that shit. stars, uh, <laughs> the guy uh from the league. yeah, the guy from the league. <laughs> no, no, the other guy from the league, not the nine eleven guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I mean, I, and, at least now I know there's not a future where this movie wouldn't have existed if things yeah. went a little differently. And not Raffi. Anyway, so uh, creep is <laughs> creep is one of those found footage movies. Um, basic idea here is one guy. Uh, gets a job as a private filmographer for that guy from the league who lives in, uh, I guess, a cabin that's kind of secluded in the woods. He's just like, hey, I want to make like a last sort of will and testament for my son who I haven't seen in a while. Turns out the guy from the league is really creepy. He's uh, He's got a bizarre sense of humor, and he's just kind of an oddball all the way through. And uh, I wouldn't say scary, but just kind of a weird dude. Um, the movie is almost entirely improvised, but unlike a, a John Cassavetes movie, 
the the improvisation actually kind of works it builds a narrative and you can tell that everyone involved is just like oh you said that in this scene we should uh, make that lead to this okay go and it actually kind of works and i have to say i respect it where it kind of falls apart for me and parker i think you're on my side here is the ending yeah i, I haven't seen it in a while but i just remember feeling very out of place and just like okay i got it like i understand what it was creepier when I thought I knew what was going on, but I wasn't certain. Instead of just being like, "All right, guys, movie's over." So here's what happened. It's like, okay, man. I, yeah, there's that. I pieced That's it definitely together. A thing. There was a there was a really cheapo moment where he just runs it up and sure yells at the thing. It was like, it isn't even like a pop scare. I was just like, oh, stop being annoying. Um, maybe it's maybe it's because I'm a sound guy, but like. I, I, here's a ref. That sounds like a weird reference to make, but think back to Midsummer. Remember when those old people jump off that cliff? And there's no impact. They just sort of like land there and everyone's like, oh no, that's so sad or whatever. I'm like, no, there needs to be a sickening crack. I was waiting for that. And at the end of the movie, you just kind of hear it. And it's like, come on. Yeah, he's way off in the yeah, distance. Alex, drop a die or something, you know? <laughs> it's still, god damn it. <laughs> How many layers did that fall off of? Uh Dude, I like literally can't explain it because it's just a regular six-sided die. It like skipped up in the air and went higher than when it started from. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know what it hit on my physics. desk, but you got one of those one of those funky bones or whatever. Anyway, um, yeah, creep was okay. I wish they had done more with a mask, that peach fuzz mask or whatever they I call love it. Peach fuzz mask, right? You have so many opportunities. I. Here's, like, maybe one other problem, and I could be dead wrong on this. It kind of feels like it needed a third person. Like, you only have two people here. It just feels like you need, like, one more dude. You know? Or maybe flesh out the like, ending. I yeah. don't know. I remember liking the sequel more, but I can't remember why. Because I saw it once, like, three years ago when it came out. I didn't know that. Is that the one that you were thinking that of? Uh, it was like, oh, the, the other creep. <laughs> You know what? We'll settle this later. I will not be made a fool of. <laughs> okay. Next up, I saw a really shitty, boring movie called Two Lane Blacktop that was recommended to me. Parker, was there a Rob Zombie song called Two Lane Blacktop? There has to be, right? I'm pretty sure there was. Uh, this movie came out in the 1970s, so naughty Chris for watching a movie from the 1970s. Uh, this stars Dennis Wilson, the drummer from the Beach Boys, and James Taylor. Now, I don't know if you guys know who James Taylor was, but he wrote a song that goes like, I've seen fire and I've seen rain. And it's really shitty. And uh, he's a founding member of the 35-pound bench press club, and I fucking hate him. This movie's so fucking boring. I don't know what it is about road movies, but they're all just kind of shit. Like, I, I don't care. I was like, yeah, I want to take my fucking bike and I'll ride across the country, man. I'll see America, man. <sighs> But there is one good movie that I saw this week from the 1970s. This will be my last one, I promise. Um, Parker, a little pop quiz trivia for you. What was the first team-up between Kurt Russell and John Carpenter? Uh, did that fucking Elvis thing come first? It could. Yep, that was it. That's oh what I watched. God. I found it. Uh, I think it's John Carpenter's longest movie at two and a half hours. Uh, no. God damn it. It was actually I don't want a two and a half hour Elvis movie. No, you don't. It's okay. This is not for you. Um, this this is just for me. Um, I'm not even an Elvis guy. I think there's like one Elvis song that I like, "Suspicious Minds," and everything else. I'm just like, oh, I 
I guess it's innovative for the time. That's how you develop an Elvis appreciation, because you could listen to, like, Blue Suede Shoes and be like, well, that kind of sucks. Uh, but listen to everything else that's coming out around that time. You're like, oh, no, 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 put, on, put Elvis back on, please. And that's kind of how it got popular, by just being better than all the other shit that was coming out. Um, Kurt Russell is the single greatest Elvis impersonator who ever lived. He is astounding. He, the, the weirdest thing about it is that every single time he's on screen, you see two people. You see Elvis and you see Kurt Russell. You can never quite separate them, and I love that effect. Uh, you kind of end up forgetting that this is a John Carpenter movie because the studio had so much control over it. They, um, they did all the editing, which explains uh, why the editing is so terrible. They did all the lighting and, and stuff, and that explains why the lighting's not very good. Uh, but the good news is Kurt Russell was allowed to do all his own acting, and he is so, so good in this. And this is worth watching almost entirely for just how energetic he is and just how he gets into this Elvis persona. I don't know if you guys learned how he became uh, Elvis, but he was originally a child actor for Disney, and he was acting with Elvis on the same movie called It Happened at the World's Fair. In the movie, he's required to kick Elvis in the shin, and that's how he met Elvis, by kicking him in the shin. <laughs> And uh, apparently Elvis like, oh, you're a pretty funny, little kid. Let me show you some of my moves. <laughs> and, you know, he kind of picked up on it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he, that's how Kurt Russell learned how to do Elvis. And he does it better than anyone else I've ever heard. Uh, now, Parker, did you ever hear the story of how John Carpenter was picked to do the Elvis movie? This, you're going to love this one. I did not. we got to thank the Lord above for stupid studio executives. Because uh, they they saw that he did Halloween, but more importantly, they saw that he did the music for Halloween. So while chomping on their cigars, they were like, ah, he knows something about music. He can do the Elvis movie. And that's why he got picked. God, you could just fucking fail upwards forever. <laughs> right? <laughs> do they hear the... Yeah, just like Elvis. Look at his hips. Gyrate like crazy. Girls love it. All right, Kurt, do the monkey. <laughs> Is that all it took back then? Must be yes. Nice. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what I believe. John Carpenter said it's like, yeah, they saw I did the music for Halloween, so they thought I could handle an Elvis biopic. <laughs> oh no, I meant the Elvis thing. Like literally, that's all it took. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, he's wiggling his hips. I have to fuck him right now. Yeah, that's what, you know, it's a sexual thing. You wouldn't understand. Alex, what did point. you watch this week? <laughs> Alright, I only have a couple here, because uh, I've been a busy boy. Now, uh, you, you guys know of, like, I'm sure you can think of an example of a movie that, like, you've never seen, but, like, <coughs> via cultural osmosis, you know everything that happens in it. Yeah. So I had never seen Freaky Friday. Oh, I'm the same way. I, yeah. Like, yeah, like I had like you know we all saw a million of the trailer. We've all heard people talk about it. We know the premise. Like yeah. this, the mom and daughter swap bodies, blah blah blah, whatever. Yeah. Apparently, the one thing I didn't know about Freaky Friday is the catalyst for them changing bodies. Chris, would you like to take a guess at what it is? Uh, hold up. They they go to like uh. They go to a thrift store and they buy a furry animal and they're told wait it's gross. Uh no, what is it? Fortune cookie? Well you <laughs> it is in fact an old Chinese lady with a f magic fortune cookie wait that swaps fuck. their bodies because they're fighting at a restaurant. Wait, how did I know a fortune cookie was involved here somehow? 
I love how low-key racist every single fucking Disney movie is. Without exception. Jeez. It is unbelievable. Just this fucking movie is like, ah, yes, I now have to be an old lady. Oh, no, I have to be a teenager again. Why? Because we were too loud at the Chinese restaurant. Now, I know what you're wondering. Do they have a scene where they go back and confront the Chinese restaurant workers who pretend they don't speak English? Of course they do. God damn it. This was a post-9-11 movie, too. This was a, came like, out in 2003. China was fair game until, like, 2015. We didn't care. I like, Wait, had... they have how many people seeing movies? Oh, jeez. I mean, you just think about, like, how many people on the internet are tripping over themselves to cancel old movies. I don't know how the fuck I didn't know about this. Like, there has to be, like, a 35-tweet thread somewhere about how canceled Freaky Friday is, right? Like... I mean, weren't we just mercy... (laughs) Weren't we just mercy canceling it anyway because of Lindsay Lohan? She's really good at it. I know she... Of course she is. She was a really good actress. That's like both her and Jamie Lee Curtis are really, really good at it. I'm not like, surprised. That's the thing. I, like, I bet that movie's I, I, probably pretty decent. I understand why that movie has such a following and why, you know, people that watched it when they were thirteen are still like, let's watch Freaky Friday every six months, you know, in the way that certain movies are like that for a certain gender. But um Yeah, no idea it was cancelled. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, enjoyed the getting more specific. Like, yeah, who knew that? They watch it, and it's like every fucking six months. Let's watch Freaky Friday. I was like, oh, I've never seen it. No. <laughs> now you can't get out of it. You're fucked. <laughs> the price you pay for your Squatch movies. Yeah, it's. I will pay any price for Squatch. It's fine. Uh, the only other thing that I wanted to talk about this week is not a movie, but a series that came out a couple years ago. You guys remember when Black Science Man redid the Cosmos, uh, the Carl Sagan Cosmos series for Fox? Oh, I haven't I seen do. it yet. I heard it was pretty good, though. So here's the thing: like, I watched it when it was airing, and it's it's fine. Like, it's it's got a big budget. It's like exactly what like you want it to be in terms of like visual stuff. Mm. But there's like a whole lot of narrative bullshit of just like fucking what I almost want to call skits of just like Neil deGrasse Tyson, like you know being in a spaceship and he's flying around and like the voyager spacecraft flies by him and he does like a green screen like dramatic head turn as it goes by it's really fucking stupid and it totally took me out of it the first time i watched it and i now see my mistake because what i was supposed to do was get really high and then watch it (laughs) because let me tell you neil degrasse tyson explaining evolution to me and then scaring away cgi wolves with a torch is unbelievably good (laughs) I cannot believe, like, I have seen a lot of things that have been improved by uh, imbibing substances before viewing, but uh, never to this level. (laughs) It's got cool space shit and then Neil deGrasse Tyson yelling at CGI wolves, like, just back and forth. It's perfect. All All of these narrative bits that I assume are supposed to be for kids, but are, like, kind of a swing and a miss for kids are just perfect for high brain. <laughs> All I want to do is have another edible and finish it. Did you did you ever see the original one with Carl Sagan? I did, yes. Yeah. It's been a long time. But I, I yeah, got it on DVD. I really like it. It's very, very good. This is obviously not as good because like you can't replace Carl Sagan. Although, to their credit, they do try. There's like a lot of like personal narrative stuff interwoven into it that you wouldn't normally see in a documentary type show that is very Sagan-esque. And I really appreciate that. 
but also like the camera spins around when Neil deGrasse Tyson gets too close to a black hole. <laughs> it's really funny. I, I I might need to see this. I I do like the Cosmos series, uh, the Cosmos books. I I don't even mind Neil deGrasse Tyson when he finally shuts the fuck up on Twitter. It's and, and like I will say because this is like such like a big production, like he's not really on his bullshit in this. Like I don't think he's even he's, that he, way natural. I think he does it on purpose. It's like a shtick. N- yeah, it's like a, it's like a showmanship thing. Yeah, like that's that's why he's the guy. Like he's like the the last person I want to see in any other documentary when they like cut away to do an interview because he's always hamming up his fucking interviews and in science documentaries. And it's like, bro, come on, right? Like, we don't gotta do this. But because he's like the host, it's not that hammy. And also, he has to act in front of a green screen, and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I'm imagining the wolves right now. I'm gonna be honest. With you. <laughs> it's this. It's this serious. It's like a 15, 20 minute segment about like basically how like humans selectively bred dogs, like back from the ancient times. And oh, it's so like, this is how they learned sex from them. Exactly. Like like that that uh, I wish that uh, Disney Plus had the unrated version of this so I could have seen that, but you know. If it was Disney Plus maybe. we would have learned it from an old Chinese lady. <laughs> maybe someday we'll learn that mystery of the cosmos, guys. <laughs> Who taught that wolf how to fuck? Oh, me English. Okay, lady. <laughs> fuck you. Cut that. Take your cookie back. <laughs> Sorry, that was my impression of Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, that does not reflect my views. <laughs> Sorry, guys, that was George Lopez. <laughs> Chris, I, I swear to God, if you cut my George Lopez impression, I did not cut it. I <laughs> thank you <laughs> because that wasn't you. That was actually George Lopez. Anyway, oh, yeah, <laughs> we anyway. called it a favor. <laughs> Parker, go ahead and let us know what you watched. I know that I have content left to consume for the game of games. We'll get there, boys. Don't worry. Okay, That's all right. So I actually ended up watching a lot of stuff that Chris has watched recently somehow, just through... I was going to say something I shouldn't say. I just ended up watching stuff we, that you've seen recently. You guys said, what, Brute Force or something? <laughs> there were slurs involved. Let's move past it. Oh, come on. I, 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 like, I knew when you stopped. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know what it is. <laughs> All right, I so I had to do off. it to him one time. <laughs> So first off was Fantastic Mr. Fox because I forgot it was on Disney Plus. Woo-hoo. It's so fucking cute. It's almost overwhelming how cute it is. It's it's still my favorite. I I love that movie to the moon and back. It's real good as it turns out. Yep. Hey, people are onto something with this with this guy who has all this critical acclaim for every single movie he makes. Mm-hmm. They're onto something. Yeah. But you know, you know my taste. It'll be one of those every like eight months or so. Yeah, that happens. It's okay. I'm not. I'm not going to binge those movies, let's be honest here. That's, that, you, that is a time and place for... Oh, look how quirky they are. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It's not going to happen. Let's see. Oh, yeah. So you texted me and actually assigned me to watch The Golem from 1920. And my first thought was... All right, well, clearly he just wants me to make a bunch of Pokemon jokes, but I'm going to rise above no, that. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. And then I hit play, and the first thing I see is a Star of David. And I'm like, oh, he's really testing me. All right, <laughs> go fuck yourself, buddy. Did you watch it with the with the soundtrack that I wanted? Yes, I sent okay. the one you sent me. I was, I was scared it turned into first... another Fila Day situation. 
because I wasn't expecting lyrics to that at all. I thought it was just going to be instrumental. I was like, what the fuck is, what is this? It was like, oh, he's describing the movie. Thank God. I don't have to read title cards every day. It's a good way to prevent you from putting the movie on fast forward. To be like, oh, I watched the whole thing in 20 seconds. It's so infuriating. It's like, look, I'm dumb. How slow did people read in the 1920s? I can't do it with silent movies. I have to stay on there for like 45 seconds. It's two sentences at most. That's fine. No, uh, yeah, it turns out that that movie's really good. Yeah. Who would have guessed? I think the uh, the updated soundtrack really helps it out because even I like silent movies and I'm like, oh, this is so much cooler. <laughs> <laughs> Who did it again? You sent it to me. I totally forgot the name. I forgot um, to write it down. Oh, okay. I remember because the first time that I mentioned on the podcast, you guys started laughing at the name. Uh, the artist's <laughs> name is Black Francis. That's right. That's not like <laughs> something I would do. <laughs> Just like, hey, is he allowed to say it? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if I was making a giant like clay creature with like the spirits of the devil inside it, I would not give it William Murderface's haircut for Metalocalypse. But also, <laughs> I'm not an ancient Jewish man. <laughs> no, it was very good. I'm happy I watched it. Because that's one of those where... At least a hundred times I'm scrolling through the list, I see it. I'm like, I don't feel like reading this right now. I'm, I'm not into it. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing me a favor to widen the gap between us. Yes. So then I watched Psycho 2. All right. <laughs> it's real fucking good. Right? Like, it's a real movie. There's Okay, there's so, so much I want to talk to you about this yeah. one. <laughs> Let me just start with the shock and horror, because... Uh, it was streaming on Stars, I think, because I'm leeching off my parents' shit, of course. Mm-hmm. And I type in Psycho. It's like, oh, it's got all four of them. And then wow. I pause and go, oh, fuck, there's four of them. <laughs> <laughs> immediately filed that way into my back pocket. Oh, gosh. But, Chris, what would you like to talk about, my good friend? Okay, so first things first, Anthony Perkins. He's so fucking good. That's the thing. is like when He's you think so of Anthony Perkins, good. you think of him in Psycho, and you think of him in nothing else. Turns out you can think of him in Psycho, too, because he's actually pretty good in that. Yeah, like, he has an actual character that has growth from the first movie. It's not just, hey guys, you remember this thing that made a shitload of money? He's back in the spooky house. That's the thing, it's like, they brought him back in there entirely as, like, a marketing thing, and it turns out, oh no, he can actually carry a movie. But, like, that scene where he's sitting down with that very cute girl at the, uh, at the dinner table, and she's just like, oh, how about you just, uh, cut it? Here have this knife just puts it in his hand and it's just like sitting there just places you could be well he's clearly having an episode that was really good i like the one jump scare in the movie with that eye oh my god that that made me jump out of my skin absolutely because it's not teed up at all there's nary a scare to be found it's more of a thriller if we're being honest if we're gonna okay then that happens but then the ending I love that and okay so first of all that twist is stupid it's really dumb it's like oh it was this one person who's in the movie for literally eight seconds beforehand and but then I did appreciate that kill because I'm, like, I'm like that's fucking dumb that pause like oh there's still a lot of movie left alright let's see what we're oh shit okay right? well that let's see impact. what we're cooking with it I genuinely don't know how they did that in 83 it's so funny it's again it's that's the impact that I'm looking for at the it. ending that's what I want not <laughs> not turning the webcam to yourself haha actually I've done this multiple times before oh you got me thing I assumed 75 minutes ago <laughs> no I was surprised like 
Because I fear what I think Psycho 2 was going to be is probably what Psycho 3 is. It's like, yeah, hey guys, yeah. we got him back. Let's go to the house again. <laughs> no, like, it's real fucking good. Yeah. I had a great time. <laughs> the, the, the voice of the mother, who I think is British, either that or Anthony Perkins himself does the voice, and obviously if you're going to dress up as a woman, you do a British accent. Don't you poison me, you naughty son! <laughs> I like that. Like the first act of the movie is like, oh, he got released, and it's just him constantly like, like, fucking don't do it, don't fucking stab this woman, don't leave her, don't fucking do it. You just got out, don't fucking do it. Yeah, fine, orders up. I'm helping. <laughs> and then he murders the fat guy from NYPD Blue. Shout out to that guy. Oh, that guy. Jeez, he's having a performance in this movie. <laughs> Dennis Franz is really uh Given the performance, you would expect someone like that to look like. You know, it's, it's actually admirable. a pretty good mystery, too. Like, you're always guessing. You're just like, I really think it's this one. But then something changes. You're like, all right, now I'm not sure. I feel like if the first one wasn't, you know, fucking psycho, a lot more people would give it some credit. But it's like, it, it's just, you, I mean, I'm a horror loser. In fact, for the last 30 years, it's been like, oh, yeah, psycho, too, huh? Jack off motion. Yeah, I'm sure it's fucking great. Whatever. No, it's real fucking good. That's exactly what I did. You know, one of the other things about this, I don't know that I mentioned it, Anthony Perkins' character is a real sympathetic figure in this movie. You actually care for him more than you care about almost any other character in any other horror movie. You're like, I I really hope this guy's going to be okay. Especially for the 80s to be like, yeah, this guy, he did all these horrible things, but like... It's not his fault. His brain's fucked up. Instead of the movie being like, his brain's fucked up. Isn't he a monster, you guys? Cause... Or, or nearly the movie would just make a whole bunch of jokes about it. And this one, characters make jokes about it, but they're portrayed as assholes. You know? You're not you laughing want at those him jokes. To, you want him to get past it, like, desperately, because Anthony Perkins is just so endearing, the whole movie. Yeah. That first scene where he just, like, they drop him off at the house, and he just has to stop there and stare at it for a while, you're like, oh... This might be a bad idea. Maybe let's find another bed and breakfast for my dude to hang out at. <laughs> what could go wrong? A lot of people die. Yes. Let's see. Yes. Yes. So then I watched uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers 76. Mm-hmm. So, I've seen that image of that dog with the human face before, but did not <laughs> remember it was this movie. Yeah. So imagine my fucking face. That, that fucking image. As I was sitting there eating dinner, realizing, oh, no, this is, it's kind of like the 50s. When I like it, it's more updated. And then it just gets so gooey, so gross. Yeah, that's, dude, that dog we, scene we is the one. turn it off, dude. That's the one we that like, gets you. Because it moves so fast and so unnaturally. I did not like this. Like, oh, it's fucked up. And then it cut back to it. Like, no, no, you're going to live in this moment. It's running now. Look at its little <laughs> legs go. Look at those dead, soulless eyes on it. Oh, I didn't like it. It made me very upset. <laughs> when you texted me, it was like you were like, "What the fuck is?" I was like, "No, no, 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 no. that's Leonard Nimoy. It's okay. <laughs> he's he's doing his best." <laughs> I didn't. I forgot Jeff Goldblum was in it as little baby Jeff Goldblum. So when you say little baby Jeff Goldblum, the man is six foot four and declares that he's a hundred forty pounds. He might as well be <laughs> in The Machinist. <laughs> I. That's not the one that's like, oh yeah, I guess there's a reason this is like on everyone's top 15 ever. I get it. Yeah. It turns out it's really good. Yeah, it turns out like that ending scene, you know, the point and yell sort of thing. I had seen the image. It might have been the first like funny picture I ever saw on the internet. And it's like, it was a picture of Donald Sutherland pointing it out. And like the thing underneath the, uh, the, like, the little caption said, fuck you. And that block lettering that you would see in on like 2003 sort of uh, oh, internet images. Yeah. 
And, like, I never really understood that he was making a hideous, unearthly noise underneath <laughs> it. <laughs> Who really ties the visualization together anytime you all assign me something? You just imagine that ungodly carnal shriek coming out of me as I point at my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> Your girlfriend sitting next to you, what now? <laughs> yeah, you were laying on the Kevin James space again? <laughs> <laughs> that sure See, would be did awkward. You watch... <laughs> no, I... It could happen twice, theoretically, couldn't it? <laughs> yes. Mm, I'm not saying it could God. happen twice. Oh, well, wait till we get to the David Spade space. Oh, Don't no. give me ideas, Christopher. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you see, it's funny because he's really fat and he yells a lot. No, that's Chris oh, Farley. Yeah. I don't want to watch Beverly Hills Ninja. <laughs> I love that I don't even have to say who it is. I, I knew exactly who it was and what it was. <laughs> what else would it be? Chris, did you watch Black Sabbath or Black Sunday? I forgot. Uh, who? Is it black and white or no? It's in black and white. I didn't see Black Sabbath because I know that's one of the next ones on the list. Because I ended up watching both because I watched Black Sabbath. I watched the Italian version back when we were like first getting super into this. It was like, oh yeah, okay, throw the next one on, and then just none of it stuck whatsoever. <laughs> right, I was just trying to grind out numbers. Yeah, so I watched that, but dude, that opening to Black Sunday is real fucking good. Is is Black which, Sunday the one with the witch, right? Fuck yeah, boy, she, that it's one. It's like a cold oh, open. Just oh, like, hey, check this oh. shit out. We're gonna execute this witch brutally. Turns out they, oh. we show. All of it. Yeah. <laughs> For a 1960 movie. black and white movie. I can't get away with that. Oh, what's that? It's Italian. Oh, shit. Yeah, that... Turns out they don't really care. Yeah, they're like, oh, we want to see all the blood and guts. Even if it's, like, in silhouette. Man, they, they really want to show this stuff. I'm like, oh, that's a cool-looking mask. And then it changes perspective inside. You're like, oh, this is the cold open, huh? All right, well... I think I kind of get into that gothic horror stuff. I think there's something about being set in a spooky castle. Well, yeah, I didn't know anything about it. And when that movie opened, I was like, okay, well, this is now my afternoon. I'm locked the fuck in. Right. Yeah, I. there's a lot of spooky (coughs) gothic castles coming in my near future. It's a very specific vibe that I crave at all times. I vibe with it. (laughs) (laughs) How's Black Sabbath? It's really good. Too. Oh, okay. It's doing great. So, uh, similar to what Alex said, you know, like, there's a movie that you'll know you'll love, and for some reason you just go years and years and years without seeing it. It happens sometimes. So, what I'm trying to say is, I watched Sudden Death this week. Fuck yes. <laughs> I so fucking told you, dude. I'm <laughs> so, so mad I waited you. so long. Cause it's... I've been trying to get that to be an episode for like three years. <laughs> it's... That's happening. That is without a doubt happening. My god. It's so fucking good. Like, in the very first, like, big fight where he's fighting that lady in the mascot costume, I was like, what the fuck have I been doing with my life? <laughs> it's one of those, like, you're happy, but you're also mad at all the wasted potential you've had over the years. Like, I mean, I should have been running this every weekend from Blockbuster. What am I doing? You know, Sudden he, death is... This is a weird one. I don't know if I've seen this one. I think I did. I think I saw it with Girl I, Alex. It is going to be an episode. That sounds like, I mean, yeah, she would... That's high in the Jean-Claude Van Damme canon. It's yeah. just the fact that there's a fucking five-minute sequence where he plays goalie for the Penguins in a fucking, like, in a game in the Stanley Cup Finals because the goalie <laughs> the gets movie. knocked out and he dresses up like him. It's 
He's not it's bad enough to play goalie. Sudden death, and the bombs are gonna go <laughs> off, and then they tie the game, and it goes to sudden death, and everyone just starts yelling "sudden death." And I'm like, "Oh my god, five stars! <laughs> this movie's so good." I, I cannot believe I let myself down all this time. Can I just say really yes. quickly, there's a joke in Trailer Park Boys, which is a Canadian show, where they catch J-Rock masturbating, and Bubbles describes it as, oh, he was pulling his goalie. <laughs> <laughs> Some kids just want to sit at home all day and bop their bop <laughs> If we were doing like a worse movie, I would have just texted because I watched this earlier in the week, I should have been like, hey guys, change your plans. <laughs> <laughs> Alex would have had my back 100%. Dude, literally any day. It's That's coming up soon, because holy shit. What a... <laughs> it's just, I fucking love dog shit 90s action for the same reason I love, like, 80s horror, because it's like, oh no, there's no CGI. Like, we don't need to crash this helicopter. But also, <laughs> you know it's a real helicopter just getting dropped in that arena, because fuck it, you gotta have a big set piece. Send the kids home happy. In this movie about a guy just walking around the breezeway trying to find his daughter. Like, well, clearly it should end with a helicopter explosion. (laughs) And I respect that. Even the shittiest 90s movies have unbelievably dangerous and stupid explosions. And we need to get back to that. Yes. Yes. The last thing. Speaking of just being in a specific mood. Skip, sometimes you just want some grimy, bloody 80s anime. And then yes. he's like, you know what? I should watch Vampire Hunter D. <laughs> wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. Did you see Vampire oh. Hunter A, B, and C first? Yes. <laughs> I didn't know anything about it. It's just that, like, I've caught bits of it because it used to play on Sci Fi Channel late at night all the time in, like, the 90s and early 2000s. When they're giving this fucking info dump, like, yeah, yeah, you see that red moon there? Yeah, the uh, vampire lord can't take you now. They can't take you when it's red out, so he's going to try and get you tonight. So he's just sent a whole bunch of werewolves to you. I'm like, thank you. Thank you so <laughs> much, God. And then it's an immediate jump cut to a bunch of mutants and werewolves just running at a castle. And I've never been happier in my entire life. It's, it's exactly what you want, where it's like 85 minutes. It's like, there's like... This would be like a cool like 13, 20 episode arc, but we're just going to jam it into 80 minutes and have everyone just yell about what's happening and then get ne- to the next violent massacre scene, which is ghoulish monsters that don't make any sense, that could never exist, screaming at our hero and then getting cut into pieces and bleeding everywhere. It's... God, Japan is so fucking cool, you guys. It might be in my future. There's, there's no need for him to have like a mouth on his hand that talks and can... <laughs> eat bugs but here we are dude turns out two bombs was the perfect amount it's i cannot tell you how excited i am to watch vampire hunter d colon bloodlust in my immediate future (laughs) fuck yes dude (laughs) it has been a powerful week between that sudden death all this horror i'm and then ricochet god i have been a pig and shit this week (laughs) i'm so excited (laughs) <laughs> talk about my favorite Denzel Washington movie. All right, let's talk about Remember the Titans. I, I mean, uh, if the, if the Wait a Ricochet. second. <laughs> Ricochet starts with the world's longest uh, credits roll, besides, I guess, the Planet <laughs> of the Apes remake. 
Um, anyway, it starts with a basketball game. We have uh, <laughs> Dude. Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington is on the same team as Bobby Chicago, who we kind of learned. Bobby Chicago. I'm not going to call him Kevin Pollock. I'm just going to call him Bobby Chicago. Uh, fuck you. Correct. Um, that dude really needs to be wearing a baseball cap at all times. Dude, really the, our our intro to the one white guy in this basketball game being him calling a foul is absolutely perfect. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Our heroes, the two cops, playing basketball against Ice T. Yeah, can we <laughs> like, talk about Ice T's wig? Like this movie opened, I saw that, and I immediately wrote down like, "All right, future episode." And then the movie kept happening. It was like next week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking his wig is—he's got Cat Williams' wig, I guess. <laughs> Boy, I haven't thought of Cat Williams in a long time. <laughs> Neither is he. <laughs> Anyway, that's the wig that he's got. Anyway, Denzel Washington, who is good at everything, uh, is able to win despite having a white guy as a teammate. He actually tells Bobby Chicago, stop being so white on the court. Um, anyway, uh, he sees that his friends have hot wire. When, when he says friends, he means uh, Ice-T and their fat friend have uh, hot-wired this car. <laughs> and he's just like, sorry, we can't be... Ice-T and his friend, the professional goalie. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to imagine Kevin Pollock posting up this gigantic black man. Is just setting... <laughs> real good. Just setting a pick and getting absolutely run it's over. Just... <laughs> Shoot the J. <laughs> the whitest voice you can imagine. Shoot the J. Okay, so... Uh, they uh, he he sees his two friends have hot wired a car. He's just like, oh, I guess we can't be friends anymore because I'm a cop and you guys hot wired a car. Get out of my face! And uh, see so they, with the forty five minute mark. Right, exactly. Goodbye. So he decides to talk to uh, this cute girl and he sees her reading Mopey Dick and he, and she's like, oh, you saw that? I'm like, that is the biggest book in the entire city. How could he not see that? <laughs> uh. You know me just casually strolling around the park reading Moby Dick. It's just <laughs> as one does. It's like I've got this incredible, like superstar physical athlete body, and uh, I'm also in law school, uh, top of my class. I already did my thesis on Moby Dick. First of all, if your thesis is on Moby Dick instead of the law, then like <laughs> maybe it's whale law. <laughs> Isn't that what Cam is doing? Like whale law or something? Maybe you read you read no, this premise he all is, wrong. He is a space lawyer. Let me get that correct, oh, just well, for the audience okay. at home. I didn't know there were laws out in space. Anyway, so <laughs> well, when there are, still be prepared. <laughs> They're gonna need someone. <laughs> Go to honest. You know Cam. they say, uh, practice for the job you want. <laughs> job, yeah. Um, I just Dynamic, imagine he has yeah. to like s settle disputes from like people that like named a star and are like arguing that they both bought the rights to the same star. Okay, so uh, if you if you're just joining us, we're talking about Ricochet. <laughs> this is where Denzel Washington grows. You a muscle. brought it up. <laughs> I know I shouldn't have. Uh, anyway, you know better. Uh, they're they're patrolling through the local state fair, which. Parker, you and I watched this. We're just like, there is a Tales from the Crypt episode waiting to start here. Oh my god, absolutely! Yeah, and it starts as soon as Chocolate <laughs> Gal walks into. Frame. Okay, hold up. You I wanna... guys thought that? I just thought of uh, the fucking 
uh, double team. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Anyway, we got to talk about John Lithgow and uh, who is his uh, little toady's name? Was that a uh, was that Renfield? Was that a uh... yeah, honest to god, dude? He is a Renfield. He, the, I either thought I have a Renfield lot of or this is going to be a bit of a, a long shot here. But remember that TV show Tailspin? Remember like the little bear cub? <laughs> <laughs> Kit Cloud Kicker. I looked it up. <laughs> That's who I thought of. He's got his own like air surfing blade thing. Like he is bonded by something supernatural. Because he clearly hates this man, but also loves him he with all of his heart. He really wants there, to suck his dick. Like, there's, a, I mean, who amongst as us? As soon as are we, third rock and he's at the like the right height too. Are we? Are we sure that he's not uh, John Lithgow's familiar? <laughs> he could be. You know, he's his, he's the cat. You know, Sabrina's little talking cat that goes around. Except Sabrina's cat doesn't even like her. This guy, the first thing he says when he walks out of that car is like. You smell that? This is going to be a great night. You're going to do great things. He's talking like the evil midnight bomber of Bob's at Midnight from The Tick. <laughs> no, it's too late. You've already put the voice of Salem the Cat in my head, and you've ruined this episode. Hope you're happy, buddy, because it's never going to stop. And he gets a response from that, just saying, uh, you know, you it's going to be a great night. You're going to do great things. What do I got to do to shut you up? <laughs> <laughs> Was it worth it? Such powerful dom energy to this poor little Renfield. (laughs) And this is one of many interactions that go like this. So all of John Lithgow's six foot nine frame walks into this building and shoots, I guess, everyone inside and blows up the entire building. And super cop over here, Denzel Washington, can hear these silent uh, shots like from miles away, goes (laughs) over. Uh, to save the day, and John Lithgow, uh, blah, 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 stuff happens. John Lithgow takes a woman as a hostage, has like a shotgun. Hold on, hold on. He doesn't just take her hostage. <laughs> They're like a minute and a half into the standoff, and she just sprints out of a porta potty and is in the frame. Yeah, I now, was. Do you remember uh, what he describes that her boyfriend will have to do after he's done? <laughs> Did he, say that, did he say that he has to fuck her headless corpse or something? <laughs> to put a paper bag on what's left of her corpse. <laughs> Which raises several questions about the logistics. Yeah. About what John Lithgow thinks boyfriends do. Like, what is John... <laughs> That's good. What is his plan? He's supposed to be like this assassination. So he brings the loudest shotgun to the middle of a state fair. <laughs> And shoots like eight people in the face. Also, and then he's, he's yelling at his toady the entire time. <laughs> he's just yelling, "Watch his fucking Satan inside job!" As he's firing off shells. <laughs> just the entire time, all these gunshots going off. Stimpy, get back in the car. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, Denzel Washington has a standoff with him, and Denzel Washington loves to talk. I'm not complaining because Denzel Washington's a really good actor, and every single line that he delivers is solid gold. But the scene does kind of go on, and Denzel Washington has a novel way to solve this. Um, If I could describe it with what's left of my voice, Denzel's like, okay, I'm going to put my gun down. All right, and if I do, you let her go. And uh, John Lithgow is just kind of smiling and nodding wildly, I'm just like I wouldn't trust that guy. Uh, he's like, "Look, I'll show you how safe I am. Going to put my gun down. I'm going to take off my shirt. See, I don't have any guns on me and nothing up my sleeve. I'm going to take off my pants too." 
He just he's just standing there in his skivvies, you know? He's just like, ah, see? Nothing up my sleeve, nothing over here. Now let her go. And then he literally pulls a gun out of his ass to shoot John Lithgow <laughs> in the knee. To shoot him behind the back. Right. Oh yeah, he does be behind the back too. You gotta do it all in style too. <laughs> Blows his kneecaps up clean out. Yeah. And now he's a local hero. But he, he made it. a big mistake here. You can't go hot dogging on the defense until the game is over, because uh, now that he's now that John Lithgow saw Denzel Washington dancing in the end zone, he wants revenge. Uh, <laughs> he's like Jason Terry on the bench watching LeBron. He's like, no, not in my house, not this year, dude. <laughs> so he's, he's I got this tattoo for nothing. <laughs> he's just sitting there in the hospital, and uh, he's Ooh. watching the TV, and he's having. Clearly a silent, psychotic episode watching Denzel Washington <laughs> smiling. Tag yourself. I'm the man who walks up, sees this man trying to light the TV on fire with his mind. He's like, I came to read you a book! <laughs> As this guy is fighting through it with everything that makes that him That guy human. is very clearly from the set of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I just read to the tall Indian gentleman. What book would you like to hear? Oh, it's, it looks like I'll need a heavy book. It's like, how about Anna Karenina by Leo Tolstoy? No, I... Uh, heavier book well it was his first one you know written in the 19th century no okay fine wizard of oz i don't give a shit <laughs> i didn't ask for banter Just please give me a book so while he uses the two books to i guess set his leg back in place or something like that i didn't really understand what's going on here so i wanted cool. to point something i'm out. pretty sure it's because his knee doesn't work and he has to like use gravity to like make his knee work i don't fucking know hey, you're I'm not the a bone expert anyway so here's my uh my big takeaway from this scene because it applies to basically the rest of the movie um i kind of love how the score just keeps building and building and refuses to let any scene play in silence it kind of gives the movie this like really fun i, I don't know if this is the right word but almost bouncy early 90s feel like if it wasn't Dude. for all the motherfuckers in the script you'd think this was a pg movie this movie is so fucking loud in a good way. Yeah, like, like and it's the score. I love it. I love movies like this because, like, I think a lot of people our age grew up with, like, oh yeah, it's the guy from Third Rock from the Sun. Like, no, you don't remember, like, oh, he's the guy from Blowout, who's just a nightmare person. <laughs> he's the guy from Cliffhanger that hunts Sylvester Stallone while he's mountain climbing in his helicopter. <laughs> he's just the guy on the funny sitcom and they're aliens. It's Joseph Gordon Levitt. That's good. No, this dude is. A problem in every single movie, and it's really nice to be able to rediscover that. So, uh, Jesus, uh, Denzel Washington gets promoted for taking his pants off, uh, along with Bobby Chicago, who is just he might as well just change his <laughs> stage name to Second Fiddle. Um, <laughs> just like, hey, thanks, Hero Cop. You and your partner are now detectives. Like, what the fuck did Bobby Chicago do to deserve to get promoted? He was getting a hot dog thanks, the God. entire time. Anyway. You want me to do my William Shatner thing again? No, thank you. That was a pretty good that, Shatner That'll be awesome. I gotta tell you. He built a fucking career off of it. <laughs> good for him. Yeah, well, if you call that a career. Uh, anyway, um, meanwhile, they, as they get promoted, uh, John Lithgow gets sent down to prison, so I guess it could have been worse, could have been executed. And his first, <laughs> his first cellmate is one Jesse Ventura. Now, Parker, have you heard of Jesse Ventura? Why am I asking? Anyway, so I kind of <laughs> ask... <laughs> 
I'm actually, yeah, you know, not sorts of wrestling, more the 9-11 trutherism. That's really where I got to know him. It's, yeah, it's less the 9-11 trutherism and more the fact that he talked about the beer nerd on his show. <laughs> anyway, uh... Why does he hold his hand like that? I don't know, Jesse. <laughs> I, I got... <laughs> this is a Bryce good Jesse Ventura impression. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm going to end up sounding like him with my voice like this. I, I kind of can't imagine Jesse Ventura willingly having a picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger on his cell wall. <laughs> that had to be a rib and someone got their hands broken. Yeah. <laughs> Some gaffer got fucking Leonidas kicked through a I, wall. I genuinely, There's no doubt in my mind. I, I, I don't think I can believe that uh, John Lithgow willingly signed on to a script where he gets his ass kicked by John Lithgow. <laughs> like I don't know if John. Oh, Lith- you think this is funny, huh? Like, sir, just please. You're on set for two days. Just put on the phone books. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> we gotta talk about the phone. No, books. wait, wait. Before we get there, I want to set. I want to set this up really quickly. Uh, John Lithgow walks in there, and Jesse Ventura is like, oh, aggressive, aggressive, and John Lithgow slams his face through a urinal, uh, killing him. Anyway, we cut to the next thing. It says, you know, when two good white men have a dispute with each other, they said it the way only a good Nazi can. May the best Aryan win as they begin to have a sword fight with phone book armor. It is like we cannot do justice to how fucking jarring this scene cut is. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we we go away from the prison for a minute. Denzel's doing fuck knows what and then all of a sudden we're back and these Aryan Brotherhood dudes are taping phone books to themselves to have a sword fight in the cafeteria yeah and uh when we say sword they have swords yeah in prison correct I thought prisons would smuggle in contraband such as needles cigarettes well let me tell you something buddy I studied the blade while you were out there (laughs) all right cool and 20 minutes into this and again, movie. we say, we have said multiple times now, phone book armor. You know the old adage like, oh, try a tear a phone book in half? They're just ripping them to shreds and duct taping them to their shoulders for armor. I want, I don't need a Lion King prequel. I need the prequel of this prison. And I was like, <laughs> how do we settle our differences in the Aryan Brotherhood? Have an idea. So anyway, all of these two swords and some phone books and some. Tape. So John Lithgow stabs Jesse Ventura through the uh, stomach with a samurai sword while wearing phone book armor. <laughs> I really didn't think I would get a chance to say that out loud. So I'd like to thank you guys for this podcast, this opportunity. But- hey, Chris, you know why I picked this episode? <laughs> Spoilers! It's this whole scene. However, I also want to point something out here. He killed Jesse Ventura twice. Because there's sure no did. way he fucking survived that urinal scene. <laughs> he put his head through a urinal. We cut away, then cut back. It's like, oh, they suited up the dead man for war. <laughs> and they just have a drag him out brawl in this kitchen, I think? I, it's called Thunderdome. I'm excuse me. I fucking knew this movie ripped off Mad Max. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> speaking of things I love. We cut to a baptism scene where uh, <laughs> Denzel Ward. I don't know who approved like a half of these scenes. I want to talk about oh, this. I was here. taking a drink. God yeah, damn it. Denzel Ward is having his uh, baby baptized uh, in a church by a priest. And uh, they, you know, it's like, oh, there's someone here. Oh, we need you to Denzel for one last job. And uh, the priest is like, hey, you're not going to be 
you're not going to be tracking any more tracks in my church, are you? And he's like, hey, come on, uh, Padre. Uh, it's the Jews who do guilt, not us. Dude, that is a very Catholic baptism, all right? We have at least some <laughs> some claim to some guilt here, okay? It's kind of our thing. Uh, anyway, I, I just want to get that out there. So anyway, he needs to figure out what's going on with this whole... Uh, the, the main antagonist's name is Blake, right? Um... Anyway, he needs. Sure. He's got the full serial killer three names. The oh, they call movie. him Blake the whole time. I'm just gonna call him Blake. Anyway, uh, so he goes to. It, it kind of reminded me of that scene from Rush Hour, where he's like, he he visits his friend. And it's just like, come on, your mama went to my my uh, daddy's funeral. You know, like we go way back. <laughs> and uh, he sees him with his cat Williams hair, and a uh, whole bunch of guns pointed at him because he won't tell him where the device is or whatever. I wasn't listening, and he's like, ah, oh, okay, here's an idea. Holds up a grenade. How about we all go? Pulls out the pin. And no one lowers their guns. They're just like, okay, I guess it's the Mexican standoff. No, no, he's got a grenade. It's going to blow up. If I was in there, if I was one of the guys holding the gun, like if I was one of those big fat guys holding the gun, I would have lowered the gun and be like, I, you could just toss that away whenever you're ready, man. I would have been like, you're, uh, you're not getting that in my goal. <laughs> <laughs> not unless they pull the goal. <laughs> that's like the fourth one of the jokes you've made in the last two weeks why is this so fresh on your mind <laughs> what we did just we did just talk about sudden death dude. yeah that's right yeah i know it happened last week too i've been thinking about it a lot <laughs> is that why you watch sudden death yes <laughs> of course it is it's like what Oh, hockey. Oh, the star's lost. I want to watch that. Say. <laughs> okay, I'll let you guys take over. My throat's not good. <laughs> where are we at? The grenade scene? Oh, the grenade scene. <laughs> yeah, so we're about to be at the part where they frame the city councilman with child pornography. <laughs> Hold on, we gotta get to the great escape from the jail first. Oh, which excuse is, me. Oh, so God, yeah. So, so <laughs> let's just set aside the fact that somehow this dude who murdered four dudes at the state fair in cold blood is up for parole after seven years like just don't worry about it not important what is important is how they escape <laughs> so he goes to his parole hearing with his like shitty like public defender lawyer <laughs> and the guy's like ah yes you know my client is reformed blah 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 blah. and then the parole officer asks him a question and he's like no actually i'm not reformed i'm gonna get out of here and i'm gonna Fuck your wife and your daughter and maybe even your dog. And then he kills him with a blowpipe gun. <laughs> and then and then the Aryan Brotherhood runs in with like table saws and shit. It is so fucking graphic. It is. That table saw kill is it does not belong in this movie. It is so fucking good. And then they start uh, complaining. Go ahead. No, I wasn't complaining, but my God, when someone like me is like, hey guys, maybe let's tone that down. This isn't the time and place for that. <laughs> no, here's the thing, though. The way that John Lithgow was acting here, it really gave me strong, like, Cyrus the Virus vibes from Con Air. Oh, yeah. You get this actor who's, like, pretty good, probably Shakespearean trained, and it's just like, okay, you're a psychotic serial killer. And you can tell this dude hates criminals, because he's just like, <laughs> yeah, that's what they're like behind Mars. <laughs> <laughs> they fucking they steal the lawyer clothes they go outside fucking chicken lover and his van are out there they blow him away 
<laughs> they fucking steal the read a book van, drive off. <laughs> I thought that's what you were referencing, yes. but I wasn't to be certain. <laughs> I had to reinforce it just for you. <laughs> I appreciated it. And I was like, surely, because my brain just went to him reading Atlas Shrugged and swearing off reading forever. <laughs> <laughs> We get we get a wholly unnecessary van explosion going off a cliff into the ocean, which I still don't understand why it's in the movie. <laughs> Look, they paid for it. I, I mean, they I'm not complaining. Well. Like, please blow more things up in movies. I would greatly appreciate it. Yeah, no one here is complaining. <laughs> and now we get to talk about the city council. It's like, all right, uh, you fought Jesse Ventura to the death. Now what? Oh, he's full Jokerized of the rest of the movie. The rest of the movie is him just trying to melt Denzel Washington's brain. Not kill him, just cause his brain to shatter and ruin his life. Which is actually way more interesting. Because he's like, oh, you see this city councilman? We'll just kidnap him. Dress him in women's fishnets. Hello. Hang him. And then leave a note says, hey, sorry about all the kids we fucked. Here's my child born. Goodbye. <laughs> Just the, the fucking, that entire police investigation. Like, they find the suicide note and they're like, well, that's weird. His briefcase is only full of child porn. Like, he was just fucking carrying it around with him to a charity event. <laughs> I heard someone else talking about this, and this is their point, but it bears repeating. If I'm in this position, it's like, write this note. I'm not using my normal handwriting. <laughs> I'm just going to be like, alright, well, uh, they're going to kill me anyways. Might as well just confess my love of fucking kids. Hey, Denzel Washington, remember that time in Florida? Dot, dot, dot. Goodbye, world. <laughs> like, no, maybe use your non-dominant hand. They're not going to know. Maybe make the police do some work. I'm like, huh. This doesn't add up, because this guy never gets retribution the rest of the movie. <laughs> He's never brought to justice. The credits roll, Denzel Washington's like, wow, I can't believe that's over with. But as far as the rest of the world knows, that guy was fucking kids and now he's dead. <laughs> what is this in this movie? I'm saying this out loud, I'm like, this is some fucking Denzel Washington thriller. <laughs> this guy got framed for having child porn in his brain i there's like we go from that to the scene where john lithgow dresses up as the the electric company worker to break into denzel washington's house to record a spooky video of him holding an axe near his kids apparently (laughs) hey chris speaking of the ending of creep that's exactly what it is And then we go from that to them kidnapping Denzel Washington in front of his own house, drugging him, taking him to an abandoned pool somewhere, and going like, man, we sure got a lot of, uh, some really good drugs and hookers with all this money we stole from the charity that we sent to them. (laughs) (laughs) They inject him with cocaine and heroin. Which isn't, isn't that what killed John Belushi? (laughs) Killed a lot of people. Carrie Fisher still lingers around this podcast because no one's ever really gone, Chris. <sighs> so uh, I guess what comes next is the rape scene. This prostitute rapes him and they record it and they have the video. And then on the video, it's just clearly overdubbed. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, give me that. But his mouth isn't moving and he looks like he's unconscious. And his wife's like, well, explain this. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you people? So, so I have a question that we will probably never know the answer to. Did John Lithgow know that hooker was going to give him VD? I, I think that's implied. 
Did he go out and be like, I need a hooker that has the clap? Yes. (laughs) Because if so, the fucking nerve of that lady to demand an extra $200. (laughs) I mean, dude, that is supply and demand. Do you want that specific? You got to upcharge it for that. The market doesn't set it. it, You set it, okay? It's a bull market. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually just the invisible hands clapping over your vagina. (laughs) Styles witnesses a video of Blake entering his daughter's room with a hatchet. (laughs) It's so good. It's so fucking stupid. But I love it because, like, Denzel Washington's a really good actor. So it's like, he can sell that he's going fucking crazy yeah oh yeah you can see this movie playing out many different ways with many different stars of the time and some are pretty funny but most would just be tragic let's be honest here i i like to imagine this movie with gerard butler where he's like oh they fucking drugged me they fucking drugged me well it says here we found drugs in your system and he just blows the da away (laughs) i'll be honest I thought about Law Abiding Citizen like six That's or seven what I times. That's you should. I was thinking, it's like, what if they delivered that like VHS tape to like it his daughter saw it instead of her recital? <laughs> <laughs> but can you just tell her it's not real? Jesus Christ! I'll be home in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! I didn't ever want to think about Law Abiding Citizen again. Thanks for whatever. So well, it's well, like the twelfth best Gerard Butler movie, dude. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Number one is 300. Anyway. Well, 302. Yeah, how do you feel about the sequel? Well, we Chris? have to get to the worst part of the movie where Blake kills Bobby Chicago. <laughs> he gets <laughs> fucking murdered so hard. Now, th- this is a statement that I rarely, if ever, say in my life. But man, this Bobby Chicago murder could have used some Zack Snyder slow mo. Oh right? God, could have put some Leonard Cohen over it. <laughs> <laughs> he gets fucking Robocopped in the middle of this stupid movie. I think he got murdered worse in here than he did in End of Days. Just an absolutely incredible post-death scene <laughs> where John Lithgow goes, hey, think fast, throws the murder weapon to Denzel who catches it. He goes, oh, your prints are on it now. Goodbye. <laughs> Maniacally peels off gloves, laughs, and walks into the building. He really is the Joker. <laughs> He's, I, it's the clown prince of the crime. The damn bastard of crime. <laughs> Like, Bobby Chicago in End of Days gets a literal biblical murder, and it's somehow less brutal than this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, he's, he's getting desperate, so he has to call up Cat Will- Ice-T, and he brings his family to uh, this guy's... Dr- Can we talk about Ice-T's character's name in here? Did you guys remember? It's Odessa. <laughs> he goes to... He brings his family to Odessa's drug lab. As you do. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, home isn't safe because we've already seen John so you get... parading around with an axe. So it's like, all right, to the trap house we go. Yeah, so he up on the roof of the trap house, 
Boy, that sounds like an R&B song. Reindeer paws. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought it, but even I, I don't hate myself that Bad much. News. I was, there was a pause. I was thinking of the... Someone had the chill. I, I was doing that uh, the King of the Hill thing. Anyone remember the drifters? Up on the roof. Anyway, up on the roof of the trap house. Reindeer paws. Uh, Put the, in the pomplamoose song, no, you coward. No. no. <laughs> Denzel is up there, and he's like yelling and, and screaming and stuff like that like he's pretending to be suicidal and John Lithgow goes what? No! I want him to live a long <laughs> miserable life! <laughs> okay, okay we gotta press pause because you're missing a very, very, very crucial scene in this movie which is of course when they discover that Denzel Washington is going insane and putting clown makeup on on the roof and that bar that they're at with the midget walking up and down the bar <laughs> pouring shots! <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't see you at that bar. <laughs> Buddy, if that bar were real... you just work there. <laughs> I, I would literally Gary Oldman my way around that bar just to pour people shots. Oh, I can't believe you got beat up for a job by Cam. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Any more shooters for table three? <laughs> I, I don't understand what this bar was supposed to be other than the seediest place imaginable. Where it just has like a bunch of unattractive topless women and a midget walking up and down the bar pouring shots. I'm pretty sure this is like an all early the... 90s thing. Like a late 80s, early 90s, you know, the seediest bar in the world. They had one of those in fucking Howard the Duck. <laughs> Howard the Duck also had a duck jacking off, Chris. This, maybe this, this, maybe most... this one, it was the actor who played... Howard the Duck was the midget who was pouring shots in this. Can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> He's a master puppeteer and also a midget. And also a masturbator. Anyway, because uh, in that, because remember he was reading Play Duck? Yeah, thanks. Anyways, we so didn't forget. I just want to make sure that you didn't. Weird how you, you were losing your voice for a while and all of a sudden it's... can't shut you the fuck up about Howard the Duck. <laughs> Say quack food, dick. I'll end this call right now. <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> Man, I like, I, I legitimately forget the entire plot of Howard the Duck in, in its entirety. All two plus hours of Oh, it. I remember. But I will remember that. that duck jacking off until the day I die. <laughs> anyway, the, uh, the principal from Ferris Bueller is chasing after that duck. <laughs> anyway. Oh man, Jeffrey Jones in this movie, just well, full swap. oh my god, <laughs> Jeffrey. We know Jones. he would have played the councilman, yeah. yeah. No, Jeffrey Jones in this one is Sam John Lithgow. I imagined him with a samurai sword. And fucking... <laughs> we gotta focus on the end of this movie here. I'm gonna be thinking I'm about focused on him wielding a samurai sword. <laughs> So Ice-T as Cat Williams abducts uh, that little toady guy, the Renfield guy, and uh, I guess that's the way they draw him out. It's kind of like in Mad Max 2 where they take that, that guy and all that, like, the S&M gears, like, and was Lord Humongous wants his S&M buddy back? <laughs> I think that's their relationship they're having going on. What I'm implying, Parker, is that they're butt-fucking each other. John Lithgow is Lord Humongous in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> This, this, God, they fucking, the amount of times they say Twin Towers in this scene. Yeah. <laughs> it did a lot for me. 
Was this the same year or no? This is two years prior to when uh, Biggie Small said they blew up the World Trade Center. <laughs> Remember when that was the thing when people were just like, "How did Biggie know?" <laughs> That's why they took him out. <laughs> so, anyways, they fight on the top I thought, of the tower. I, 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 hold on, hold on. I, I thought they took him out because a rival team wanted to win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit okay that fucking p diddy song playing as jean-claude van damme puts on the goalie outfit and skates out to center ice like an asshole i'm, su- I'm surprised they were playing uh crocus anyway no you can't just summon crocus in here <coughs> anyway he pulls him off the tower <laughs> and he bails himself on a spike. <laughs> they play basketball. It's kind of like it's almost like the end of the cable guy. Yeah, it is. I was kind of thinking he gets knocked off the satellite, too. and then it comes to Kyle oh, Gass. Well, I didn't hear board. any farts, Parker. Oh, oh my apologies. <laughs> you ever fart so hard your back cracked? <laughs> Thanks, Larry. <laughs> Week one. Week one. Week one of question mark. I was going to tell you, Parker, it's been tough working two jobs at once, both as a cable guy and as a health inspector. Jeez, times are tough. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They sure are, Chris. So anyway, it turns out that when cops and criminals can play together, and they play basketball one last time, and you know what? Maybe that's what we need in this country today. Maybe if if cops and Antifa set aside their differences <laughs> and play basketball, like a celebrity basketball game, like uh, the one that who did Ted Cruz played against Jimmy Kimmel or something like that. What if we could get that? We could get Sheriff David Clark and uh, one of the people who got murdered. Uh, Alex, I already know exactly what you're thinking of right now. As soon as he said celebrity basketball. <laughs> Justin Bieber just crossing him up so hard. <laughs> Get absolutely fucked, comment. Oh, man. You know me too well. I mean, you say, you say Justin Bieber, but Aaron Carter's still alive. So, well, Aaron Carter versus Sheriff David Clark? Why, wait, hold on. Why does Aaron Carter get to represent Antifa? <laughs> Better question. Why do I keep calling him sh- uh, Sheriff David? He's not a sheriff anymore. <laughs> you wouldn't know it from all those all those medals he wears. I know. I I think first of all, you wear the medals because they can reflect bullets. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> it's just extra armor because he only has one phone it's, book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we settle things in the Antifa Brotherhood. <laughs> Strap on the phone books and try the 21-foot rule. Anyway, shout out to a cameo from Mary Ellen Trainer, who's playing the exact same character she portrayed in Die Hard. Good for her, I guess. Yeah. Weird that the movie ends on that note. Yeah. Of it just cutting to black in these weird voiceover. That's, I guess, a joke. I don't... I, doesn't what's, really what's the, what yeah, what's the joke? I don't understand that. I don't know. Okay. I have no idea. It's such an abrupt, weird end to this insanely violent movie. Then they play a Ricochet rap song over the end. I thought he was going to, like, ricochet a bullet off the walls and bounce the bullet into his head. 
That's that's so. wanted next week's episode. Oh, fuck no. No, no. We're no, doing Highlander. You promised me Highlander. <laughs> Parker wants to do Highlander. <laughs> I, when do I ever not want to do okay, Highlander? Okay, let's we'll do Highlander. But first of all, time to eat our medicine, boys. It's time for the game of is fading. Hit him while this week. <laughs> also, uh, sorry in advance. I literally just picked up this notebook that was in here and saw. Oh, I was supposed to watch Stop Making Sense. Oopsies. So I'll get to that. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, I have it's, multiple yeah, it's, it's movies okay. to watch for my. It's just I, like as long as long as forgot, <laughs> dude. As long as you don't Welsh on it, it's fine. Yeah, like, it's, I mean, <laughs> I ended up watching that fucking uh, the Prager video. What was it called? I've already forgotten. No safe <laughs> spaces. I re- I ended up watching no safe spaces. It took me a while. Yeah, it took me. It took me eight months to watch the whaling, dude. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So. uh take a quick look at the records this week uh it appears that chris is six and four parker is six and four chinkies i am two and six holy balls so (laughs) so how did ties work i believe how this works Uh is uh you guys both get to assign me a movie now chinkies okay parker you gotta go first i gotta think about this one i have let me double check when I might have something. I don't think it's out yet, but I think it's almost out. I'm gonna give him one that's not even out yet. I think it comes out like okay, it comes out in like two weeks, but also he's behind anyways. Yeah. yeah. Alex, it was gonna happen eventually, so I'll just do it now. You know I'm assigning you that new Alan Sorkin Netflix movie. Alan <laughs> Sorkin one? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was going to happen. You were going to watch <laughs> oh, the trial of the geez. Chicago Seven. Wait. You're Parker, you're only assigning me this, so I can't give it to you in Liar's Hell, right? Correct! <laughs> Wait, what's, the, what's that Aaron Sorkin one called? Can I get the title? The Trial of the Chicago 7. Oh. Written by Aaron Sorkin. Directed by Aaron Sorkin. Starring Eddie Redmayne. I thought you were going to say starring Fuck Aaron yourself. Sorkin. Um, tell you what, Alex. Okay. Um, have you seen The Avengers? The first one? In a manner of speaking, darker. No, I don't think you have. Um, I mean the 1998 one. God, that is a have I movie. seen that? All right, that's fine. It's it, it's ostensibly an American movie, but not really. It's got uh, Ralph Fiennes, Sean Connery, Jim Broadbent, and uh, Eddie Izzard. Oh boy! Yeah. Also, Uma Thurman, who's American, sort of. Okay. Uh, but it's right. this is a this is a very British movie. So this is how I get back. Oh, my favorite! Thank you. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, you're gonna. That does sort of come up in this movie. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fine. Actually, that's fine. Also, it's that's under fine. ninety minutes, so you know. So, uh, how good are you guys with math? Uh, uh, well, uh, listen to me, dude. Come on. So, uh, uh, <laughs> six, six plus four equals what? Uh, ten. And two plus oh. six equals what? Eight. Well, that's weird. What happened to my two other teams this week? That's so See? crazy. Oh, it would appear that they tied. Now, you guys yeah, remember how ties work, right? How do ties work? <laughs> how do ties work in this case? So here's the thing. This is actually a first in Real Deal No Sex Appeal history in that one person owns both of the tying teams. 
But luckily, as I dust off the old grimoire, I wrote something for this last year. Oh, good. Oh, my God. Crazy. Now... Oh, I can't imagine. Last year we were all in a very dark place. <laughs> we were, yeah. So... Who would like to name the two teams that tied this week? Oh, uh, Chris Field. Wait, Chris, is this Field a race? Chris Field does. <laughs> okay, Chris Field, go ahead. Okay, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Philadelphia Eagles. Parker, would you concur that that is one bird team and one cat team? I concur. But which one is it's the cat It's a good thing team? the Bears didn't tie. <laughs> 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 so here's how this is going to work. You guys will be watching one bird movie and one cat movie. And don't worry, I have picked them out for you. Thank you. God damn it. For your bird movie, you will be watching Polly. Polly is, of course, the movie about a talking parrot voiced by Jay Moore. Why the fuck does that exist? <laughs> Better question, why did I see this in theaters? That's a very good question, care to comment? I'm going to have to look fucking... I mean, it, it, so you know, it's the one where Tony Shalhoub talks to a parrot the whole no, time? No, I know. 1998. Fuck. This was Buddy Hackett's final appearance in a movie. Great. Sure. He <laughs> <laughs> should have led with that. I would have guessed it was <laughs> I want to know how to spell it so I can download it. I mean, find it legally. Alright. And for your cat movie, you will be watching Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas Ever. I've already seen it. Oh, good thing I have a backup cat movie here. <laughs> So does, so does Parker? So does Parker get to see uh, Grumpy Cat? Or Parky, Parker will be watching the Grumpy Cat's worst. I already read a review about it. So that thing I've been wanting to do for so long. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like writing a review about movie counts as watching it five times. <laughs> Fuck! What was the other, What was my backup cat movie? Hold on, I wrote this the somewhere. Let me find it. <laughs> It's gonna be worse than. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Uh, Chris, you'll be watching the Revenge of Kitty Galore. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll take the Grumpy Cat. Revenge of Kitty Galore. Holy now, Chris, you will notice that this is a sequel. So if you have to watch the first Cats and Dogs to get yourself in the the mindset. You know, oh, I yeah. You know. I just want to put it out there, you know. All right, who wants to check up on how the community teams did this week? Oh, I've heard bad things about our community teams. Fuck, man, I was already in a bad place mentally. <laughs> I forgot about the community teams. <laughs> God. Oh, man. Okay. So, uh, you guys think the Jets won this week? <laughs> I fucking hate recording these at night now, because I'm just looking at the clock and hearing You're just going to be in a bad like, mood by the time you get to bed. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna fall asleep for hours. I should be staring at the ceiling, like trying to mentally blog off. Like, well, I wasn't gonna do that that day, but instead, I'll be washing. Paul. It kind of makes Parker. It kind of makes you real. Don't shake those dice. It kind of makes you realize that like we'd be in better shape if one of us had taken the Jets and just like eat it as a loss and like leave a halfway decent team as a community team. It's like, oh, we all. Yeah, sure. Wish he would have explained that before the very end. Almost as if he did it on purpose to us. <laughs> oh, don't worry. There's a space that'll let you do that. Fuck. <laughs> I sure hope we get that one. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Alright, let's roll for the Jets. Okay. Percentage dice. Alright. So, uh... This one's actually gonna be football related. 
Aren't you guys excited? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, like, you guys have played, like, categories in, like, a game of kings, right? Where, you know, it's like, I give you the category and you have to name something in it, and the first person that can't name uh, something that's in that category is the loser. Oh, boy. And this is going to be about football? Oh, good. You know what I'm good at? It's thinking on my feet. Fantastic. (laughs) Well, good news, Parker. I'll let you go first, okay? Oh, cool. So, your category is NFL quarterbacks that were in the top ten in passing yards in week three. Oh, okay. okay. Russell um, Wilson. That is one. Did you say Russ and Wilson? That shouldn't count. Anyway. No, it didn't. Shut Sounded up. Like <laughs> Do not try to rules lawyer me. Because when you said quarterback, it's like, if you say who sucks and has depression. <laughs> so All right, sad. is it my turn? It's your Patrick turn. Mahomes. Okay, that one's good. Oh, I didn't watch, but hopefully Drew Brees. He is eleventh, Parker. <laughs> oh, balls! <laughs> I didn't watch any of that game. It's funny because Dak Prescott threw for almost five hundred yards, and you didn't say him. <laughs> that well, was a nap time. I tried game. to. I tried uh, to. I yeah, I took a heavy nap. I woke up just in time to ruin my day. So uh, boy had a heavy burrito nap so chris you are free to assign something to parker for oh, for the jets game oh. because this is not a community punishment. okay okay i literally like woke up uh, i was like oh yeah they're playing and i opened discord just to see aaron jones chat i was like oh, okay i didn't miss <laughs> right, <anything>. yeah, <laughs> you're welcome yeah. buddy uh parker using the same quibby rule that alex used on me i'm no. not assigning <laughs> it's okay i'm not assigning anything on quibby uh I, I just don't think it's as funny as you guys do. I don't know. I'm assigning something that will add up to an hour and a half. I'm assigning two episodes of a TV show. Uh, they're both episodes of the original Star Trek. Um, don't say Down Abbey. No, not Down <laughs> Abbey. Uh, I'm assigning you the episode of Star Trek. Um, uh, whichever is the, the one with Kyle. I'll look that up in a second. Um, I want to. I want you to watch the episode of Star Trek called "The City on the Edge of Forever." Um, that's probably my all-time favorite TV episode of anything, with a possible exception of the Scooby-Doo Johnny Bravo crossover. Um, and what about the episode where Red Herring did it? I don't like that one. Yeah, what that about one that? And Why? I. <laughs> <laughs> You can't just skate by on that. I need cold, hard facts. Anyway, uh, and the other one is the one with Khan in it, which I don't remember. So I will. Uh, I'll just. I'll it. no. I'll just text it to you. It. So yeah, I forgot yeah. the. I just forgot the title. It's uh, so that's two. It'll add up to about ninety minutes, and uh, I really hope you like them. And I hope that after watching them, you'll be like, maybe I will watch Wrath of Khan, and I'll have a good time. I don't have a good time. Not with that attitude. Nothing speaking, good ever comes afterwards. Speaking of not having a good time, you guys, how did the football team do this week? Uh, my guess is poorly. Wow. Never good do guess. Well. You got it right. Yeah, let's go ahead and throw I'm this getting better at this day. <laughs> Fuck. Damn it. All right, let me just... Every uh, time it just sounds like... Let me just put on my Dungeon Master voice here. Oh, shows my fucking neck making that sound. <laughs> the two of you are on a journey. You're just travelers oh. on the road. Oh, God damn it. You come to a crossroad together and agree oh, that you will God. split up. The signs point two ways. One sign points to the pyramid. The other sign no. points to the jungle. 
<laughs> sorry, sorry, I read this wrong. One side points to the pyramid, the other side points to the swamp. <laughs> the other pyramid. <laughs> the other pyramid. <laughs> so you guys can choose amongst yourselves however you want, which of you will go to the pyramid and which of you will go to the swamp. Now, there is a game involved with each of these. It's not just, like, wh- who gets who gets which movie. Like, Yeah, because I was say, like, I don't have a spare three hours for Casper Van Dien right now. I'm gonna be honest with you. My plate is pretty full by the looks of things. But I will take it, because the swamp sounds disastrous. You know what, Parker? You go ahead and go into that pyramid. I spent a lot of time in a pyramid last game of games. <laughs> sure did. Uh, say hi to my friends Para and also Docs. Alright. And All I right. will go Let's to Maswa. Alright. Okay. You travel alone into the pyramid. You, uh... You go through the labyrinth of traps, eventually reaching the pyramid center, and find the treasure. If you can escape the pyramid with the treasure, you will be given untold riches. But in order to do so, you must go through five crossroads in which you must choose the left, f- middle, or right. Oh, god damn it! Oh, shit. He wrote this whole thing out for you. I hate this. <laughs> if you say the words temple guard to me <laughs> at three in the morning. <laughs> Alright, you come to the first crossroad. Choose left, middle, or right. Left. Okay, you're good. Alright, work your way through the pyramid, you get through some traps, you get to the second crossroad. Left, middle, or right. Note to self, get some good music for this in the background. (laughs) Take another left and see what happens. You are good. (laughs) Alright, moving on, moving on. You get to the third crossroad. This one is only left or right, there is no middle path, because I decided to not be completely unfair. Well, it's going to take the middle, but you know what? Let's just keep hanging a Louie. Seems to be working out so Okay. Far. All right. That's three. Okay. All right. I really want you to die because I don't want to have to watch this if you get out. <laughs> oh, Parker, you got a chance here. Wait, I can't see it. I can't see it. <laughs> All right, Parker, left, middle, or right? I feel like once we get to the fifth one, my answer's not going to matter, Alex. But I will take the middle. No! Oh, hold on, I dropped one of them. Okay. My head in my hands. Okay, well, the good news is you avoided the temple guards who would have assigned you a longer movie. But you have been ejected from the pyramid, so you will be watching Tale of the Mummy. <laughs> Damn it. I made it to number four, you guys. <laughs> you did. You did it all on your own. <laughs> Thank you, Pepe. <sighs> it's pretty good. You avoided the temple guards. And now, now, yes. Yeah, or else I have to do something terrible. <laughs> now, Next Chris, week's episode face... is Highlander. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you also face a dire challenge in the swamp. Now, as as many know, a swamp is a place full of like bogs and mythical creatures and all sorts of awful things, and you really have to think quick on your feet. So uh, you're gonna have five seconds to answer this. Okay. This, this swamp-related trivia. I question. really hope this isn't about the Patriots Twitter account. <laughs> now, yeah, uh, answer a second <laughs> trivia question. <laughs> 
Now, Parker, I'm going to need you to pay very close attention to his answer. Because it okay. might bump her nuts over to you when you get another movie. No. No, thank you. Chris, five seconds on the clock. Say something genuinely nice about Joel. Joel Four, has a better relationship three, than I think I ever will. Two, one. Okay. Now, Parker, you're going to be the judge of this. Do you think that Chris's answer was sincere and good enough to pass the Swamp Dragons challenge? You know what? It was very nice. Joel has a very loving relationship, question mark. They seem to be getting married, so you know what? Good for him. You're right. He has a very good relationship. That was very nice of you, Chris. What is my punishment for agreeing this? You don't get a punishment. You just saved Chris from misery. Yeah, and I said that despite the fact that he follows that big boobed girl on Twitter. Oops. I'd like to Well, I mean, I mean, after uh, as new events have come to light about the sincerity of Chris's message, uh, it turns out that by not shutting his mouth, he will not be watching. He will now be watching Jungle to Jungle, starring Tim Allen. <laughs> Just couldn't keep your mouth shut for 30 more seconds, huh, Chris? <laughs> All you had to do was hit the stop button. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week to see if the Jets and the football team can pull out a victory. I can't believe this fucking podcast turned me into a Jets fan. <laughs> I'm suffering more than Josh is. <laughs> I just kept my mouth shut. Let's see two cats and dogs movies because you know how I am. <laughs> oh, no! And that's the tea, sis.